0: Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We got a lot to get into today. Lots of NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Cowboys and the Texans both completed their coaching staffs. We'll get into that. Uh, There's talk Bryce Young will not throw at the combine. We'll talk about that and more. Bijan Robinson uh, reportedly will perform at the NFL combine. Uh, We'll talk about that coming up. The uh, latest report from Adam Schefter is that the Bears are looking or leaning toward trading the top overall pick. So we'll drop a lot of NFL news, notes, and nuggets on the show. Got in that NBA talk as well. The Mavs disappointing loss to the Lakers. And I got a chance to watch that. Uh, It was unbelievable. Literally, it was unbelievable what happened uh, with the Lakers. Ended up with a big win. They needed that one. And Damian Lillard, he puts it on the Houston Rockets. My Houston Rockets. We'll talk about that coming up next segment. Uh, Texas basketball. Speaking of disappointing. We'll get into that loss on the road to the Baylor Bears, Texas baseball winning their first home series, uh, but losing their that last game, and we got my man Hardball Hodge back to discuss it. We'll talk about that and more before we do. Let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but it's time to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin' ain't easy, but for him, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Hardball Hard. What's going on, brother? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? It's a
1: Monday. We are back to get back into it. And uh, missed you guys on Friday, but I got a lot to tell y'all oh, about my on. weekend mm-hmm. over at the Dell Diamond. I'll get into that in just a little bit. But he hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary, lifetime, and Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study. But he's not a fan of white condiments, but
0: he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours. Rod Babis. I appreciate the intro as always. That's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the AN family. He's got a hustle spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we pretty damn show that he's underpaid. He is the Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? How you doing, man? I'm
2: doing good, doing good.
0: Uh, oh, all right. For, before we get into the show today, I want to ask my man Harge how his weekend was out there at the Dell Diamond and how fast were those ball games, man. Those ball games were perfectly timed. I had a great time out yeah. there.
1: You could actually get out of there. And Go Mm -hmm. do some things. Yeah. So it was really exciting. There was a ton of people as I was walking through the sands because this was my first time as the quote unquote sideline slash dugout reporter. So I was on the on the move a lot. Walked about 10 miles during the weekend. I mean, your boy was getting it, stairs and everything. A <laughs> uh, bunch of people came up and said hello. They listened to the show all the time. They said, make sure you tell Rob. We said, what's up, Patrick? Much we had along. a great time. And uh, there's so many people that listen to the show. Shout out to Mike the Umpire. He rolled up on me as I was walking into the building. He said, man, I listen to y'all all the time. He's an umpire, so hmm. he listens to our conversations about umpires and the time. He said he had a great time at the Round Rock um, High School Tournament. But to your point about the timer, um, we talk, I talked to every single coach that was involved this oh, weekend. Yeah. There's a variance of ideas and thoughts mm-hmm. that go into it. But the reality of it all is what ends up happening, you don't have that time to separate yourself, right? Yeah. So you're most of the time you watch some of these games, people were walking around, fixing oh, their yeah. gloves. Very it, leisurely.
0: Oh, it was very leisurely. We have no time yes. limit. There's no urgency. Right. Yes. There's no rush yes. to
1: get on the mound and, <sighs> Dylan, dallying with the uh pi- not the pine tar, but the rosin bag. So mm-hmm. they were over there. There was so much that was taken away from that that it made the game fun and it kept everybody engaged. You didn't have all that nonsense that was happening. Now, there was some situations as it was in Globe Life and you saw it throughout baseball this weekend. Yeah. There were some situations where guys were getting called for balls and guys were getting called for strikes. Oh yeah. No One question. of the games ended. With a guy not getting in the batter's box, they called strike three on him. The game was over. Time to move around. the rules. I was already in my car. I was already towards the car. So (laughs) so it was fine for me. But all in all, I thought the weekend went outstanding as far as the games are concerned and, and the way everybody went about their business. So
0: it was fun it was fun. Yeah, uh I'm actually looking forward to watching uh some of the the baseball games too. Just to kind of see how right. the teams adapt to the new rules and the pitch clock. Uh the Astros and Ghost Astros by the way. And the uh obviously we're talking about spring training games here. Um the Nationals beat them 3-2, 2 hours and 6 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours and six minutes. So <laughs> you got your and whole day six now. Minutes. You got your whole day. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, man. Y'all, hey, that's
1: that to me, that's it, that's a game changer. The game that just ended right here that we were watching in studio, it was two hours, fifty-nine minutes, NFL Live, right on time when they were supposed to start, three
2: o'clock. Man. They were right there where hey, they were supposed and to be. How many runs in that game? I think it was what, eight? I think it was like fifteen runs in that game. Yeah. Yes. It was nine to six, right? Nine to six, because like that's right. So they fifteen just runs run and still in three runs. hours. Scoring up. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying in though. In, yeah. Is when you're saying a a 15 run game, you're like that's like a four and a half hour game. Yeah. <laughs> this weekend, we shorter had one. games, pitch changes, and pitchers <laughs> yeah. freaking out. 50, it's a it's a long game.
1: Yeah, it happened this weekend. There was a game where a bunch of runs was being scored. The game was over in three hours and three minutes. Yeah, and it crazy. was like the, we were all sitting around talking, and we're like. That game had so much that happened so much it, action. and we're still out of there.
0: Yeah, We're so still much out action. of there
1: at a decent time. Remember, I told y'all before, I did a game in Frisco, and I'll be in Frisco this weekend. I did a game in Frisco where it was five hours and 57 minutes. Mm-hmm. Five <laughs> hours and 57 minutes. That's insane. No errors.
0: That's insane. It was ridic- and ridiculous. And it was freezing. That's crazy. Come on now. I'm
1: like, holy cow, was, what I am know, I doing?
0: I I like guess I'm not a baseball traditionalist, but I don't know how you cannot, you know, at least be intrigued by the new rules because there I think, the purpose of all of the new rules, whether you agree or disagree, to increase scoring yes. and to shorten the games. And to shorten the game. It's exactly what's going on. He's going to be well, thrown over 15 very, times. Yeah, very short, but you're right. It could be mistakes. That's right. a lot of it, too. So, uh, according to Lindsay Adler, she said um, 11 out of the 16 day spring training games heading into Sunday's play ended in, two, in around two and a half hours.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and remember, so when you're dealing with yeah, spring training games, you're getting rookies mm-hmm. and guys that'll be going to double A AA and triple A, some single A ball players that are coming down there and being able to pitch in these games. And they're still trying to figure out, they're nervous, they're going through all this oh. stuff, but it don't matter it don't matter they're right back on the mound and you're getting up there and you're not thinking you're just going out there to play and that's the beautiful part about it as well
0: yeah no i, I think it's going to be it's going to be fascinating and and i've always, and i've always said this the the games the length of them actually isn't the biggest issue i know people say it is but it's not, the the nfl and college football games are really long too right they just have more action
1: they, they just have more action
0: it's just more intriguing yeah yeah it's just a more entertaining product Baseball makes the product more entertaining. Um, I de- think it'll, uh, it'll it'll appeal to the, the 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 younger generations, which is what I, w- I think they want to do. Well, here's
1: Appear the other to thing the too. Demos. There was a question: Are these with TV commercials as well? Yes, because here's what happened with us: mm-hmm. We have one minute in between the breaks. So when we in the inning or in a uh, half an inning, we'll be like we'll be right back to go into the bottom of the first. That commercial break during that time is one minute. Mm. That's it. Okay. You're not getting all the extra stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of times you get the split box because in reality they get two two minutes and 30 seconds in between innings. So when you walk out there, you're right back on the mound, you get your pitches, you're back on the bump, you're ready to go, two minutes, 30 seconds. That's it. So the games have been crisp.
2: Yeah, and I mean, we'll say that game we're just talking about on ESPN. It's on ESPN. Yeah. So there were commercials in it. The one that lasted just under three (laughs) hours for a 15-run game was on ESPN. So there were commercial breaks.
0: Yeah. I I like the new rules. I've supported them. I know all the traditionalists don't like them, but I think it's gonna be really good for the game, and you'll get used to it. You'll get used to it just like anything else. Yeah. Because there's gonna you know there's so (laughs)
1: many scenarios that play out in baseball, but by the time you get to game 30. Or tw- even twenty. If you get to game twenty, and if you don't have it figured out by then, yeah. y'all are just being lazy. Yeah, y'all
0: exactly. You're I not totally preparing agree. yourself. You're professionals. Exactly. You're the best <laughs> in the world at what you do. Right. Come on, man. Come adapt. On. adapt. Adapt. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on.
1: They told you you couldn't take steroids. You adapt. <laughs> yeah. You guys,
0: you'll figure it out. They're man. taking yeah.
1: the shift away from you. You should be able to adapt. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. I, I think it's I think it's gonna be really good for the game. All right, we'll get into some more baseball coming up a little bit later on. So we're talking Texas baseball. Got, glad we got my man Hardball Harge here to break us uh, break some of that down for us as well. We'll talk Texas basketball, of course. Disappointing loss on the road to the Baylor Bears, but they still can keep their uh, Big Twelve championship hopes alive uh, if they just take care of business. We'll talk about that coming up as well. But you can be a part of the show. You're the most important part of it. Specs text lines the best way to do it. Five one two. 3373776. I want to start off talking about the Cowboys a little bit and uh, some of the NFL stories that came out because there's a Lamar Jackson story. Stephen A. Smith was yeah. even jumping on the Lamar Jackson uh, breaking news stories these days uh, with yeah. his connections. <laughs> so we'll get into that coming up. But uh, the Cowboys did complete their coaching staff. Uh, so this it is a, a done deal. Their coaching staff has been complete. And also the Texans. i uh, throw that out there, too. So we'll get into the Texans, too. Don't want to ignore them. Uh, but the Cowboys, Harj, and you're a Cowboys fan, yep. so I'm not sure if you've gotten a chance to look I at did. the finalized coaching staff for the Cowboys. I did. Um, we've been giving the updates you know, weekly, daily, um, as as the promotions and the acquisitions and additions have been made. So I'm not going to go through all of them. That'd be boring. Uh, but what what are your thoughts about the overall coaching staff now that it's completed for the Cowboys?
1: It's interesting to me with the Scott Tolson as the uh, Quarterback. quarterback's coach mm-hmm. and what he's going to bring to Dak. I did say that he needed a different voice. He needed a different point of view. He needed somebody that could come in and not agree with him all the time, right? Not saying that I know that Kellen Moore and and Dak agreed with each other as much as we thought, but I would like to look at the fact that mm, this might work for them. Let's see what happens and give it an uh, give it a chance. But then I look at Sharif Floyd. Am I not mistaken to think that that was somebody that the Cowboys were supposed to draft? That one year, and he ended up going to to Minnesota because I think he was somebody that was on the, on yeah. the draft no, right. boards, yes, like right. a high pick, yes. and all Chad, of a heard, sudden he went somewhere else.
0: I heard Chad talking about this because okay. he's a Cowboys fan. He, yeah. he
1: brought it up too. Okay, because yeah. I was like, Ooh. so you, you go out and get him to be your coach, but you skipped over him in the draft? It's amazing to me. So, yeah, that was somebody that I, I found that interesting because I don't think the defensive line was the problem. I don't think that was something that was an issue where you had to not bring back a certain guy on that defensive line as the coach. But I guess he wanted – Mike McCarthy said, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down with the people that I want to bring in and continue to go that way or I'm going to resurrect this team and we're going to be playing for an NFC championship game. So, I mean, either way, Mm -hmm. he's got to make this
0: work. He's yeah.
1: definitely got to make this work. No,
0: I, I totally agree with you. It's uh, my, one of my only—I do it's, it's complaint. It's more of a critique than a complaint. Yep. I know it's rather, you know, it, it's something that a lot of teams do that is rather frequently done. Teams promote from within. You see it all yep, the time. Yep. I, I would argue the Cowboys abuse that methodology a little bit too much that for the Cowboys, they become comfort hires rather than just, you know, promotions from within, which happens all over the NFL. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it doesn't happen, but I think the Cowboys do it a lot. I went back and looked at their last three offensive coordinators have basically been in-house promotions. Nothing wrong with it, uh, but it's nice to get an outside voice, nice to get fresh perspective, new ideas. And if the Cowboys were a – Franchise that was winning championships going to the Super Bowl every year. I go. Yeah, right. you're damn right You should be promoting from within all the time, right, but they're not right so Very much. <laughs> Why not go get ideas yeah. from teams that are having a little bit more success than you are and then go try to steal some of those concepts and some of those methods that are a little bit more successful or that have been proven to be more successful than your own. So I'm not saying that I'm against promoting from within. You see teams do it all the time. But the teams that do it, in my opinion, a lot, they have been doing it lately, like uh, San Fran's doing it a lot lately. You know, The Rams are doing it a lot lately. That's because their coaches are being poached so much because of success that teams are trying to copycat. So with the Cowboys, their last... Four quarterback coaches have basically all been either promotions from within mm-hmm. or former players who were on the roster. Yeah, the, the Kellen Moore, Doug Nussmeier, Wade Wilson, John Kidna. Right. They're all guys who are already indoctrinated in mm-hmm. you know, indoctrinated and programmed with a cowboy it's, way of doing things. Exactly. Right, he like
1: listening to Jera.
0: Yeah, the last three OCs, same thing, right? Scott Linehan, you know, you're Kellen Moore, yep. Brian Schottenheimer, same thing. You got to go back to Bill Callahan. But didn't we get Linehan in,
1: from, from uh Detroit? Didn't we originally? Yeah, but I gave believe for,
0: he was the pass game coordinator okay. before you had him. So not saying, Nothing wrong right, with right. that. It, it it does make sense, but I think it happens for the Cowboys a little too much. I think they should. One of the things they should try to implement is to bring in more fresh ideas. And people with fresh ideas, and I don't think they do that enough. They did bring in Solari, the offensive line coach. I yep. do like that, uh, but yeah. So that's that's like Jeff Blasco. He he was in in house yep. promotion. Schottenheimer in house promotion. Schottenheimer in house promotion. The you look, Scott Tosen basically was too because he was an offensive assistant with them. Yep. So my big complaint would be. So when you do these interviews with all these other, you know, qualified. Coaches from college and from all of the NFL, you're doing a thorough mm-hmm. ex- search, an expansive, you know, search. All your due diligence. You tell me, most of the time, you decide my guy's better.
1: Right. What? Right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's,
0: that's happening a little too much.
1: Well, I love what you said before, though. This goes all the way back to the fact of, hey, you need to bring guys in from somewhere else. At least interview them. At least have the conversations. What were you guys doing to have so so much success? How did you get to this level with certain things in your in your coaching style? Like bring other out, like you said, the the people that have been winning, why not interview those people and bring those, get that mindset. Why wouldn't you get an offensive-minded guy to come in, even though you are offensive, but you've been known to kind of be, eh? you had Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback when you were the offensive mind, you were calling all the plays. You got Dak now. You got Dak. It's not. It's a totally different arm strength. But maybe, just maybe, you can actually call plays that Dak can understand. Aaron Rodgers will probably check out of all your plays and do his own thing. And maybe that's why they had so much friction where he called him lazy at one point. But I still sit there and I'm like, this is interesting to me when you look at the Cowboys and the fact that they did not bring anybody from an outside person where you can get those ideas. You
0: want somebody? Go interview somebody with Sean McVay. Why not interview that person? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know the list, so I, I, I will admit that I don't know the list of candidates. Like I said, I, just studying the Cowboys' way of doing things, they do. They love comfort hires. Right. Except like I'm not judging them. I'm more of a critique than a complaint. Yeah. Because they have done a decent job, and I I would love them to go steal, you know, really good coaches from more successful organizations than themselves. I'm not saying they're not successful, but organizations that have had more success than the Cowboys. Right. That's all. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Texans just really quickly before we get into uh, some of these other NFL news, notes, and nuggets. They completed their coaching staff as well. My big complaint, guys, like I said, I won't go through all the hires because we went through most of these when they were hired at the time. Not one coach with head coaching experience on the whole damn coaching staff. That was one of my it was one of my top three yeah, things. It was, I will to say one guy. One guy. Yep. All right. One person on the staff. With head coaching experience mm-hmm. at the NFL level, hell, I'd have taken one at the college level. Do we have one? That up? <laughs> like, I don't think they have anybody who's I had need head- some help. Head coach experience at the college or the pro level, so I don't mind the staff, but it is a really, really inexperienced staff. Yeah, like this
2: seems like every single person on the staff. This is the highest position they've ever had in football.
0: That's a great point, Patrick. I totally agree with you.
2: And that's a weird thing for a football program. So you're not back yet. Great point. Not back yet. I mean, like it could work, but I just it seems like every single person got a promotion to be on the Texan staff. Right. Which. Is not the normal way of business. Normally, you find at least one or two guys that are like, "Hey, man, you know, I've done this in the past, but you know, those days. Maybe I want a little less work and a little older." I'd be curious. The average age of this coaching staff is probably got to be one of the youngest in the league. But here's the thing: because yes. I think most of these guys are under fifty. And which a lot is of it's, it's their young.
0: first time, like you said, it's their first time being at this height in yeah, the coaching. Several
2: day. of them came from college recently. Yep. Uh, so yeah, like Ben McDaniel's. Jared John- Jared Johnson, Jared Johnson, Johnson. Baby yeah. Daniels came from Michigan. It's I mean he's Josh McDaniels' brother, yeah. Who was the head coach? But that was about closer to that. again. No. That's what
1: I was just about to say. It's he's like, been around a while too. Actually, thank you. That's yeah. what I was just about to say. These are some of those guys that have been waiting for that break. They got their break, and maybe these are some of those wonder kids. It could
0: be. Those it's, are these
1: guys that are so it, intelligent that are. That, the analytics guys that have been studying the numbers, looking at certain things, watching technique, breaking down field for a very long time, that are like, "All right, when I get my opportunity, this is what we're going to do. This is how this is going to be." Look, I I'm I'm one thousand percent in agreement with you, Rod. There should have been a head coach somewhere one. on there,
0: whatever on yeah.
1: that staff, or, or better yet, go bring somebody in to be a consultant to oversee everybody. Do that. Yeah, make a position. Make a position. Yeah, you can position. always do it's that. that NFL. Yeah. yeah,
0: you can always make. It. I'm just saying, like, it, go get can. Jim Caldwell. Well, you can't now. He's hired. Already.
1: I know. You just got hired. Yeah, but those Frank Frank are the Breck type Harry of people. It. Yeah, those are the type of people you go and get because he's gonna definitely be there to watch you succeed. He wants you to succeed.
2: Yeah, like a guy like Mike Zimmer, who's helping Dion. Right, he's is a guy that you're like. You're taking a way less pay cut to work with Dion. Come back to the NFL, like a guy like that, just right. But there's other guys like that, Cor- go, correct?
0: Go through the list of coaches who've been fired in the last three, four years in the NFL. Just don't go, just go get John Gruden. Joe's good, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't get John Gruden.
2: No, don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> that you might get or yourself Or Nathaniel down. Hackett, <laughs> huh? Or the Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, uh, but you got, you got, oh, got hired already. Yeah, he, he got did, the Jets, but, right? Yeah. The Jets yeah, picked yeah. The Jets. him yeah. up. Yeah.
0: Uh, go get Gary Kubiak. What's yes. Gary Kubiak doing?
2: Yeah, no, I don't know what he's doing. He,
0: he's, he, he's obviously got a lot of guys from the Shanahan-slash-Kubiak tree. Yep. Go get Gary, Go call Gary Kubiak say, bro, we'll, we'll pay uh, yeah, you a you're quarter a, of a million dollars. You'll be the special assistant to the head you're coach. You're a former Texans guy anyway. Boom. Come on. That's yeah. money.
2: No, I, yeah. I, I think that they could have run it But I guess this is the the positive outlook on it is you're not trying to win a Super Bowl this year anyway. So you're saying, look, we're building up and you you – you're more worried about player progression this year and getting guys in and getting them in the right flow of winning. So this can be an extended tryout for a lot of these guys who may be really good coaches. And then after this season, if you find some of them and the the shoes are too big for them, you can go out and try and get another hire after the season.
0: Yeah, the D-line coach, coach, um, who is uh, Jacques Cesar. Um, I'm sure I screwed his name up. I did not mean to do that. Um, he's been a position coach. This is his first year as a position coach. He's been an um, like assistant D line coach since 2020. Uh, DB coach. He has been in the NFL since 2013, but the first time as a DB coach was 2020. Safety coach, first year as a position coach. Uh, Corey Unlin, the past game coordinator on defense. He's been in the NFL forever. Yep. Since 2004, he's just a lifer, pretty much. Uh, Matt Burke, uh, the defensive coordinator since 04. So that's basically, they got a lot of young coaches as position coaches, but your two coordinators, your pass game coordinators and your defensive coordinators, are veterans in the league. Both of them have been coordinators and play calls before. Uh, your wide receivers and pass game coordinators, Ben McDaniels, you talked about, Harch, He's actually been around the league since 2010. Right. He just has never really ascended to be a coordinator or to be a play caller or anything more than that. But he's going to be the wide receivers coach and the uh, the the pass game coordinator. Quarterback coach, first year for him, Jared Johnson, but he's been around at different uh, teams as an assistant. Uh, Bobby Slowick is going to be his first year as a, a play caller and offensive coordinator. Um, the running back position coach uh, is going to be his – He's been in there since 2016. Right, He's been around for a long time in the NFL. Yeah. Um, but the offensive line coach, uh, 2018 was the first time he became a position coach. Um, and Shane Day, the senior offensive assistant, he's been around a long time. Him and Bill Lazar, uh, they've been around the league t- since 2010 and 2006. So they're depending on those, those two or three guys they have on both sides of the ball that are really experienced to really be able to help out these young coaches. Yeah. But uh, Patrick's right. This is probably the – this is the highest that most of these coaches have achieved in the coaching profession thus far.
2: Yeah, and there's some weird – like, Monty Kiffin's kid is the linebacker's coach. Uh, Oddly enough, the O-line coach is related to Greg Popovich.
0: Is he really? Yes. I saw the name Popovich. I do not know There's a story
2: about it that it was – like, he went to a funeral – and he was just like – he was disconnected from one side of his family, but apparently Greg Popovich is on that side of the family. So he met him at the funeral. and was like, wait, we're actually related? Cole Popovich. He Cole Popovich. Yeah. 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 So, wow. so they do have relations to other co- – so I, I'm sure a lot of these people know a lot of those things, but you don't, you don't really know them until you do them, and that's where the experience that you kind of wanted it was not so much – by osmosis you wanted it by right. actual experience
0: I know a lot of professions and businesses are built on nepotism but the NFL oh, is it's it's ridiculous. it, it yes. might be it might be among the most egregious yeah every coaching staff is littered with oh this guy's today. I guy. know yeah. that name I know that name yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really is Hollywood's like that too by the way Don't go yeah. to Hollywood's yeah. big they, they, they change their names though they're smart that's exactly Hollywood people, right the nepotism in Hollywood is probably way worse than any other industry but they change their name games. So they don't have to – yeah. you won't know their relationship. You, you don't
2: know they're a Nepo baby. Yeah,
0: exactly. They yeah. don't know. Hey, nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm trying to get my – hey, LeBron James tried to get his kid drafted <laughs> in the first round of the NBA just so, so teams play with will him. have a chance exactly. to get LeBron. They're going to basically change the landscape of free agency. Yeah. Teams are going to draft uh, Bronny in the top 10 or 15 in the lottery potentially exactly. so that they know, what well, we'll get LeBron for the last three, four years of his yeah. career. Yeah. I, crazy. I do love all the, <laughs> all the early
2: projections. They're like Orlando, and you're like, that is definitely – definitely a thing Orlando would do 1000% <laughs> a thing exactly. Orlando would do
0: but i you know what i'm not hating no, cuz he's basically hinting at it he hasn't he can't yeah. say it cuz essentially you know he had to be tampering yeah. and uh, violating I'm sure a ton of other CBA uh, rules uh, but he he knows that, and bylaws but he knows that if he throws it out there enough he, Pat right. At least one team will go. Man, we'll do it. We'll no. Damn, because first round draft picks in the NBA, unless they're in the lottery, are pretty much devalued. But I think one dumb lottery team might do it too. Oh yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, they're gonna they're gonna make a they're gonna make a run at it. <laughs> Why
0: not? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, and what? LeBron
1: will take a pay cut just to go where Bronny is. You know he would. Yeah, you know he would because that's his goal. That's his yeah. ultimate goal. Play that one season, be done because yeah. I saw an interview where he was like, "I want to be like the Ken Griffey Jr. fam. I mean, I want to be like the Griffies. That's yeah. exactly what I want to do."
0: No, he's, yeah. he's he's talked about it a ton, and I, I yeah, you know, hinted at it. I say maybe not talk about it, hinted at it. I should say yeah. Uh, ATX Jax fan says Nicholas Cage is related to Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Is that real?
1: That's re- very wow. real, very real.
0: Yeah, I mean, you never know this kind of.
1: Jennifer stuff. Jennifer Aniston's dad is uh, uh, the guy from God. I want to say it was not Victor. But uh, Kyriakos, he played on um, uh, Days of Our Lives. Oh, really? Yeah, her dad was on Days of Our Lives.
0: Hey, you know what? Yeah. I ain't mad at him. All right, exactly. hook, I'm going to hook my kid up too <laughs> if I ever did anything worthwhile I'm uh, sorry kid you want to make it on your <laughs> own <laughs> Papa didn't really do much so
2: you're going to have to do it the hard way all I right, we love come it.
0: Back. we'll get into the Males oh man they lost the hard way to the Lakers we'll talk NBA and Damian Lillard putting up 71 on the Rockets Woo. all that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie the Horn Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie Right here on 1049 the Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 the Horn. Uh, meant to sue the tortured soul of sports fans who uh may be a little down and out about their team's performance over the weekend. That would be Austin FC fans who uh watched Austin F C lose their home man. opener of the season to St. Louis, who uh man, I mean they're an expansion franchise, correct? Yeah. They wow. this is their first year. Nah, they yeah this is it's, the first year yeah of their their yeah.
1: existence and they lose. Yeah, so uh, we'll, get, we'll get into well, that. Well, they win. Well, they win. Yeah. Austin, Austin FC, FC lose.
0: after going to the Western Conference <laughs> Finals last year in a remarkable season. But it's still really early. But we'll talk about that um, as well coming up a little bit later on in the show. Let's talk about the NBA, gentlemen, because, uh, man, we had some remarkable performances. Unfortunately, uh, they, were at the <laughs> they were at the expense of a couple of Texas teams. Yeah, And the Dallas Mavs, let's start with the Mavs, and then we'll get into Damian Lillard's extraordinary performance versus my Houston Rockets. The Mavs have, um, man, they've shown to be exactly who we thought they were going to be when they acquired Kyrie Irving. I think all of us agree they're going to have a spectacular offense, but they're going to have defensive struggles, and that's exactly what's going on with the Mavs. We'll talk about that. I got some numbers that I'm going to share with you guys later on, but getting to the game, it was a 111-108 win for the Lakers over the Mavs. The Mavs at one point were up twenty-seven points in this game. Uh, I'm sure by now you've already heard the stat that teams were 138 and 0 in games where they were up by at least 27 points. And the Mavs, first team uh, this season to lose, being in that situation, it, it was it was crazy the way it all happened too. Because I remember I was watching it, and I remember. Th- Getting ready to fast forward through, and I was like, "Oh man, this thing is it's not going to work out." This is—I can't believe the Lakers are going to bomb this bad. But when they, because by the time the Mavs, I think were up by 20 points, they led by 20, and the Lakers were shooting around 22 percent from the field. I mean, they were and they were over from three-point range. I mean, it was an abysmal yeah. performance. But then, right before the half, they started to show some signs of life. They were only trailing by fourteen at the half after being down by as much as twenty-seven. And I thought, I was like, man, let me just check out the beginning of the third quarter to see if you know they come out with some with some life or if the Mavs decide to put them away. Then he outscored the Mavs by eleven in the third quarter turned it into a game, and it was Anthony Davis. Because the Mavs don't, and I'll let you have go on your power rant here in a sec because I know it's coming. <laughs> because the Mavs don't have any type of big man, uh, and they don't have t- any type of presence in the interior defensively, man, 30 points, 15 rebounds, four assists, three blocks, and it was really him, and you go look at him and Jared Vanderbilt, and those guys just mashed on the Mavs uh, inside all day. They had 60 right. 60- I believe they had 62 points in the paint.
1: Uh, goes to my point. 62. And my man legalizes, says it perfectly. Can you tell me the value of Dwight Powell? And again, y'all think that I just pick on him, pick on him, but it's to you your point. But it's to your point. It's justified, but you pick on him. I'm looking at <laughs> why is it that you think that you need to go and get a Robin to uh, to uh, Luca? Luca's Batman? You didn't need that. You needed somebody that's in the middle that will stop him, stop anybody from getting in the paint. That is going to be the downfall for them. That's why I don't believe that they will win anything. I don't think regardless of how he and Kyrie play, Luka and Kyrie play, the fact that they don't have a person in the middle is going to be the downfall. Now this person doesn't have to be a high scorer. This person has to go in there and block shots and hit open shots. That's it, and get the rebounds. That's the. That's why I think it was a bad news for them not to go after Jakob Portal. Yeah. I thought that was the dumbest thing that they could do without going out there and getting that guy because at least he will knock down people that try to go to the bucket. He will be a little bit more physical than anybody else that they've had. And go back, The when they won the title, they had uh, Tyson it's Chandler, like Chandler and in the middle. And he was when they let him go. That was a problem. When they decided that he was not going to be coming back, that's when that that entire team and that franchise went downhill. That's why they won't ever win a championship again until they get somebody in the middle. Yes, it's fun to watch Kyrie and Luca go down the court, shoot it, and do all this crazy stuff that we expect them to do. But you still need somebody in there that can help you protect the rim. And you said it, 62 points in the paint? 62. 62 points 62. in the paint. That's embarrassing at an NBA game that you let to a team get that many points Bro, in the paint.
0: But that's not the worst part. The Lakers scored 62 points in the paint. The Spurs scored 66. Yeah. The Spurs. No, I get that. <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no! I'm not just saying like that's. It, it doesn't matter who you
0: are, right? Yeah. You're gonna be able to even right. the pain against it. the against
2: them No, and, and this is for me right now. This is what the roster is constructed like. I don't think there's anyone on the buyout market that's really hit, that's really there, and I can say it's on blue in the face. They're waiting for Maxi Cleaver to get back. Yeah, but but this is the problem. I, I'm tired of saying it. And if you're <laughs> Jason Kidd, and that's your your retort is, well, I'm just waiting for this guy who I'm going to put unrealistic expectations on. It's Jason Kidd's fault. Yes. Because yes, he's is. the one who is not trying to anything different. He's the one who's sitting on the bench, going, "Well, they trade away. They trade away the guys I like, and so they gave me this other guy, and I don't want to deal with it. So I'm just going to kind of write out my contract now. And if they just want to play basketball, let them go play basketball. Yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try and make switches. I'm not even going to play Javale McGee. Did not even see the court in that which game, which is ridiculous. And I too. get, I get Javale McGee offensively as a liability. You weren't having problems offensively, though. Exactly. So I, I'm tired of, hey, man, we have to, you know, I don't care if Luca keeps coming off the bench going, uh, he's he's blocking me up in the paint. Go, uh, sorry, Luca, until you want to play defense and Thank protect you. the rim, I have to have somebody play defense. Somebody has to do it. And, and like, Kyrie can play a little bit, but he can't protect the rim. Mm-mm. No. And so I get you're waiting for Maxi Kleba. I get it. But that is not going to fix any of these problems and then you throw in the fact that this team apparently has not even talked about what they're supposed to do in the fourth quarter because you thought, hey, man, before the All-Star break, I get it, Kyrie just got here. It's going to take a little bit of time. But eventually you'll figure out, hey, man, we have two superstars who are super clutch. Maybe we should pass the ball in the, in the fourth quarter. And they don't. They both want to play hero ball. And Kyrie, knowing that he's a new guy, will give it to Luca, And Luca's mindset is just play hero ball. Yep. The problem is he hasn't taken a break in over a year. So his legs aren't there in the fourth quarter in these tight games, and so his percentages go down, and now he can't be a hero anymore. And so all this is set up in a way that you need somebody, i.e. a coach, to tell you (laughs) this is not the way it works. We'll go this way. And I get – I'm sure Jason Kidd has been told, do whatever that Luka wants because we can't lose him in free agency. Mm -hmm. You know what Luka wants? To win. And so if you have to give him some tough love to win games, then that's fine. And, you know, look, they'll fire me anyway. I'll get paid. I'll get paid if they fire me, but I might as well try to win. Like I just don't get when coaches really check out like it looks like Jason Kidd's checked out at this point. Cause I still that that press conference we played on the show or when he talked about it and goes, We're not here to play defense, we're we're here to do this. And the the phrase that killed me the most in that, because I've listened to it multiple times, yeah, is you know, playing uh paying the post is just about effort and we just need to get the effort. I'm like, no, it's not. No. Because I'll tell you what, I can put all the effort in the world into guarding someone six foot nine, and they're going to dunk on me every play because I can't guard them. I'm physically not able to do it. Right. So you have to put guys that are out there, teach them. You have to scheme up different ways to bring guys over and try and get help into the post to not allow this, and I just don't think he's done any of that. Also,
0: in that same clip that you're referring to, uh, Patrick, he essentially says that's we're not going to win playing defense anymore. He is said, we're going to win playing offense, which, like I said, we all thought it was being sarcastic or joking. I'm still not sure if he was being sarcastic or joking. I don't think so
2: anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Now I think he was being serious. I think he was told this by the ownership. That this is the way you're going to win. I think he was told this when they made the trade for Kyrie. He probably probably told him, you can't
0: win that way, and that's probably why he has the attitude of, all right, I'm going to try to win this way, but I tried to tell him. You don't have to play. you got to play some defense. But it is. So I'll give you this stat before we move on and talk about Damian Lillard. So the The Lakers scored 62 points in the paint. Spurs scored 66. The Nuggets before the All-Star break scored 64. So did Minnesota. Uh, That was on February 13th. In overtime, the Kings scored 74 points in the paint against the Mavs 74 the points the Memphis Grizzlies lead the NBA in points in the paint with 59 and the Spurs allow the most points in the paint because they are tanking and doing a marvelous job of it by the way <laughs> are you 16 in a row now Patrick is that it 16? Uh, yeah 16, 16 maybe 17 yeah. who yeah. knows 25 let's go, <laughs> I go for the record. <laughs> <laughs> who cares who's keeping track of it I know I want to <laughs> win a game
2: you need to win every once in a while you can't just always lose Yeah, but hey. <laughs> because it's not it's bad for progress of players if you do that
0: that's but. that's a good point Um, but <laughs> yeah, the Spurs are leading the NBA in points. Uh, points in the paint allowed. Points in the paint allowed. The most points in the paint allowed per game at fifty-six. So essentially, every time you play the Mavs, you're the best.
1: You're, <laughs> you're the best, the best inter- version of yourself. No, yeah,
0: you're basically the best <laughs> interior off. You're basically the best team offensively in the paint in the NBA. When yeah. you play
2: them. That's how bad. And, it, and because
0: you're awesome, it's because they're so bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, because I know. It's it's fun to run layup lines in a game. Wow. Yeah, that's look, basically what's LeBron kept doing the same move. It was just the the, uh, up, the up and yep, under. He just kept yep. going up, up right there. Yeah, and this was blowing my mind the most. In the post. All their big guys, three fouls. JaVale McGee didn't get – I'm like, just hit them. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I get this is 2023, and we don't play that way anymore in the NBA. Hey. Just hit them. Like, I'm not saying flagrant foul. I'm saying when he goes up the paint, put your entire body up and run into him, right? Because it, it's it's just a foul. Like I'm not, you're not trying to hurt him. You, he'll be able to land fine, but he'll also know, man. It's all right. They're just going to foul me every time I go in the paint. Javale McGee should have fouled out. If you're not going to play him, put him in the game and have him foul somebody exactly. every time and get him. And he comes out. Every team used to have those guys. That's you what know, like,
1: makes me angry, man. Is that they don't even give that an opportunity, like. JaVel McGee, I know he's always on Shacked and a fool, and just because he's just crazy, but at least he'll go out there and give you some sort of effort. He'll he'll dunk on somebody and don't even look like he's dunking. He just throws it in. That's how long <laughs> he, he is. is. So he is give low. him the opportunity to go out there and give you six fouls.
0: Yeah, no, Jared Vanderbilt was amazing. Yeah, he had eight offensive rebounds in that game. He and AD combined for forty-five points, thirty-two rebounds. Um, five steals and three blocks. Wow. Just dominating. Opposing teams in the last five games are uh, shooting less than 30% from three-point range against the Mavs because they don't have to shoot from outside against right. the Mavs. That'd be stupid. That's, right. that's that's working You know, harder, not smarter. <laughs> Facts. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Rockets. Uh, speaking of harder and not smarter, <laughs> uh, the Rockets let Damian Lillard hit 71 points on 72 points. 71 points, sorry. 71 points. Is 71 72? 71, 71, I believe. 71. It was 71. I don't know why I'm trying to give him an extra point for he, some reason. Hey,
1: because he just shot another shot and no. <laughs> he made it. He got uh, fouled and he made it.
0: 71 <laughs> points. Um, And he has 71, 13 threes, six assists, uh, six rebounds. He did turn it over twice, but shot 50, damn uh, near 58% from the field and 59% from three point range. That dude is a machine. Uh, and if you look at players who scored more than 60 or at least 60-plus points. Damian Lillard, only Wilt with 32, Kobe with six. have more 60-plus point games.
1: Yeah. He's been on fire too, man. He's been one of the best players in the NBA at this point. And there was a stat that I saw earlier today, I'm about to pull it up, that just kind of blew my mind because – we were talking about him winning the three point shooter, and, and, and he said, I want people to look at me differently. That's why I'm entering this three point shooting contest. But over his last 12 games, last 12 games, and I'll go, I'll start with the 60. 60 points, 30 points, 42, 42, 29, 40, 28, 33, 38, 40, 39, and 71. And he had one triple double in his last 12 games where he was scoring that many points.
2: Yeah, he needs to get out of there. But
1: he's but he doesn't want to leave. I know, that he is needs the, to get out of there. He, that team was never going to do anything for him. And he's like, that's cool. I love it here. My family's growing up here. He doesn't want to go anywhere because he's got that city on lock. He does. But he's, I mean –
2: and gonna nobody be watches him play. Think about that. No. no. I, I get it because you he plays in him. boring games. Like he played <laughs> 39 minutes in a game against the worst team in the league. <laughs> like, you don't need to play 39 minutes. If yeah. you want to win games, this isn't the way you win games. Yeah. I get it. It's fun. You're doing good. And but Chauncey if you're, if you want his to view, coach,
1: right? Chauncey's yeah. still his coach, Yeah. Right?
2: If you want people to view you in a different way, then you need to win. Because that's the basic fault of Damian Lillard is that he's not a winner. He is a... He's a good enough, he's a good player, but there's a lot of good point guards. So you're like, hey man, you're like the fourth or fifth best point guard in the league. And you can score a lot, but you don't play really a lot of defense. And you're just like you stayed on one team that doesn't want to help you. I, I get it, but he he'll be one of the better players in NBA history. He's a top seventy five all time. I can agree yeah. with that. But it, it, he can't change the legacy unless you leave. Because Portland itself, they just trade away more guys. Yeah. Like they they just said again, like, ah, oh, we're not going to try and compete this year. So uh, if if you just want to sit in the middle and be that guy, that's fine. But uh, it's tough. like it's you, rare that
0: you see the 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 A-list actor in a bad bad movie, <laughs> like a terrible movie with a terrible script, terrible plot cuz usually they don't even take those. I mean, they could bomb every now and then, but I mean, this is basically an A one of those A-list actors in a bomb movie. That, yeah. I mean, Clyde Drexler yeah. had
2: to get out of there to go yeah, win. It is. It's, and I, if Clyde Drexler finishes his career in Portland, is Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler? As good as he was, is, he, is Clyde the Clyde Drexler the man that he like thought of as he is if he doesn't win those two rings in Houston? Oh, you have Houston.
0: to. Your legacy, That's le- what legacy saying. in the NBA is to turn by championships.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and like No one goes, oh, well, mm. because there's a difference of mm. when you leave the team, too, and all this stuff. He's 32 years old. He has paid his dues there. He has done everything he can for Portland. And the fact that this franchise will not go full in and try and – and, I mean, I get it, but, like, at least do, like, the Mavs and pretend that you're trying to go all in. Right. And, like, you're like, look, we're not good at this, but we're trying. Hey, man. Portland doesn't even do that. People don't give points
0: for loyalty, but they should give them some points for loyalty because you don't see it anymore. It's just very rare to no, see it's, it's insanely rare. Insanely rare. It, yeah, it's, in- yeah. insanely rare. Uh, and uh, so real quick before we get to break here, uh, this, these are the <laughs> high-scoring performances of the year versus the Rockets. Damian Little had 71. Luca had 50. Uh, ja Moran had 49. Um, LeBron James had 48. Giannis had 44. Anthony Edwards had 44. Trey Young had 44. Uh, Shay uh, Gilgis Alexander had 42. Klay Thompson had 42 as well. Klay Thompson had 41 on them also. Devin Booker had 41 along with Tyler Hero had 41 against them. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So, hey, you play the Rockets, it's time to show up. Eat. Get, exactly. It's time to you eat. To pat them stats, baby. <laughs> I'm going to them stats. All right, we come back. We'll get into the Flex on the other side, right here on Baltimore Live. one 4 on the Horn. Flex
1: ATX. For the best high school sports coverage, listen to the Horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by... Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouthguard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit BrainVault.com and join the movement. What's the sense in sharing this one and only life, ending up just another lost and lonely wife? You count. A-
0: All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is uh, Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie, uh, meant to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who team may have uh, dealt with an L over the weekend. That would be Mavs fans because that was a tragic, historic (laughs) L by the Mavs. Uh, Up 27 points. Um, Ended up losing to the Lakers. That's Longhorn fans. Longhorn basketball. Longhorn men's basketball uh, with a disappointing loss to the Baylor Bears. We'll talk about that coming up next segment. Texas baseball won the series. uh, Didn't lose that last game. Should have swept. Should have broke out the brooms Mm -hmm. versus Indiana. Um, And David Pierce was upset about that. Uh, he, he, he did not uh, mince words when being asked about what went wrong for the Longhorns in game three versus Indiana. So ask my man Harge about that. But go check out FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. It is basketball season and it is playoff season, actually, down here in Texas. Uh, so they have the uh, the area round final scores and regional quarterfinal matchups up there for you. You can go check that out uh, right now at FLXATX.com. So basically, um coming up and today is the twenty seventh. I think it's tomorrow. Yep. Uh these uh matchups. Or so like not some of these matchups. You tomorrow you'll have uh San Marcus versus Reagan. Uh that'll be a an a No, six. no
1: San Marcus I believe plays um Oh
0: God. New Braunfels?
1: I think so. Let me let me re- go oh. ahead go ahead and finish it.
0: Okay. Yeah, at New Braunfels Canyon High School. It say at New Braunfels. It says it says right here are yeah, yeah. whatever. It said at New Braunfels, like at the that's the place. Is that. Yeah, correct. Okay. Um then it also says Buda versus Stony Point. At, that's the biggest game. At Burger Stadium.
1: Yeah, and Zay will be on the call with Roger Wallace on KBVO <laughs> at Burger.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. Shout out there. Yep. Uh and also Harker Heights versus DeSoto. I see ya. Um, another K-Town, one. baby. Yeah, that should be coming up. And they're,
1: the biggest story about Harker Heights is they're playing without their coach who got suspended for the entire year for a rules violation, and they are still – Forging on, kind of like the Texas Longhorn. Hey, shout Keep out moving. there. Keep moving,
0: yeah. Um, giving up some of the scores in the most recent round of uh, playoff games here for the uh, 6-8 area round. Um, Westlake uh, losing to San Marcos, 54-48. to Yep. Um, Buta Johnson, who we talked about moving on, um, versus uh, New Braunfels. They beat them 61-57. to uh Stony Point 72 to uh, 50 win over Steele, and Harker Heights 47 at 37 win over Horn.
1: Yep, and Rouse continues to roll on as well. They won 44 to 38. They will take on Veterans Memorial coming up here. A&M Consolidated Ellison beat Hendrickson. Uh, Ellison my high school. Shout uh up. Hendrickson the school that my son's going to be going to. So Shout I up. still have that Victory over him and Pflugerville Conley will verse will play uh, Rudder, Brian Rudder uh, at Cameron High School.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you can go check out flxatx.com to go uh, see all of the different matchups that are listed up for you for the Tuesday matchups for the uh, area round area playoffs uh, teams who are advancing yep. into the next round. So we'll also uh, update that for you tomorrow as well and give you an update. But go check it out for yourself at flxatx.com, flxatx on all of your social media platforms. We come back. We'll continue the hoops discussion this time talking about Texas basketball. Mm. The men losing a disappointing game uh. to. Bay- Baylor, but also talks Texas baseball as well. My man Haraj is back in Texas baseball trying to get back on the winning track. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie.